Wrong. John Gonzalez here from MLive.com in Michigan's Best. Excited to bring you another podcast, another video about what's happening in this crazy pandemic world right now. Joining us today is a good friend, Freddie the Pizza Man. How you doing, Freddie? Yeah, isn't this a crazy world, John? Where you'd be sitting next to me right now eating goulash and you're, we're doing a video. Uh, crazy world. It, it, it is. Uh, it's just uh, it is crazy time right now, but we're all going through it together. And yeah. um, And I think that probably the weirdest thing is that uh, I don't know, weird is the right word, is we don't know how this is going to even play out. I hate saying how it's going to end because my feeling is that the way this is all happening, there's no end in sight. It's just kind of reinventing itself along the way. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think about it because right now I'm just doing carryouts. Even on a limited basis, I'm doing carryouts. And my business is really not carryout. It's sit down. So obviously sit down is, is, is it, we're not doing sit down right now. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I think to myself, so when am I going to see my Ford people come back? When am I going to see them coming in? You know, I got a small place, 20 seats. When am I going to see all 20 people crammed in together? And, and uh, Ford is not working. They're not working from, they're working from home. So I wonder, when am I going to make all my New York slices again and line them up on top and all the guys come in? And I don't know. I, I, don't, I think about that a lot. So. We should tell people exactly why we're talking to you because if they've never heard of Freddy the Pizza Man, uh, shame on them, or, or, or your restaurant, you're located, it's called Freddy the Pizza Man. It's uh, located in Melvindale, Michigan, which is kind of downriver, what well, it is downriver, uh, Detroit. And like you said, near all near the automotive plants, kind of an interesting area because Melvindale in itself is, is a small, I think like 5,000 people live there. We'll talk about that in a second. But, but we first uh, discovered you kind of in a weird way because you're known for your pizza slices, as you said, uh, good old Southern Italian pizza, right? Yeah. Uh, you're known for this incredible goulash, which, you know, Amy and I uh, claim right now, if we were to pick Michigan's best goulash, you would win. Although we've had a, only, I might be the only one making it. Well, actually, well, we have found a few like, contenders, believe it or well, not. I, yeah. Since when I went on Fox 2, like two or three years ago, I, I noticed people started doing a little bit more and more and started talking about it. So I, I kind of feel good about that. So. Yeah, there is, there is a goulash culture in Michigan, which we hope to write about and, hope, of course, hope to travel the state looking for best goulash oh, at yeah. some point. Um, but we ran into you. We first heard of Freddy the Pizza Man on our search for Michigan's best French fries, kind of yeah. a backdoor way of, of getting to know you and your story. Uh, you were doing pizza fries, and they were great, uh, some of the yeah. best in Michigan. Uh, our friend Al Poe kind of introduced us to you there in Melvindale. But uh, let's, let's, let's tell everyone out there your story, because – it really is interesting. I think it's a true Michigan success story. You come from a line of, of pizza makers and the fact that your dad first started a pizza place when he came here from Italy, uh, you know, back in the late 60s, right? Yeah. Um, so you have an incredible story. Let people know exactly that story. Tell us some of the background of how Freddie the Pizza Man became Freddie the Pizza Man. Well, it's interesting, interesting story. And it kind of made, you know, not, not too long of a story, but I was six years old and my dad came here in 1968 and in 1976, I was six years old. We go to church on Sundays and my dad would say, hey, you know, I want to open my own pizzeria. I want to open my own pizzeria. So we would drive around on Sundays and, and legend says that I pointed at a building and my dad bought that as a pizzeria and he was there for 30 years. And ironically, my father's been passing out for five years. Ironically, a year ago, um, I was working on a school for my, for my foundation, which we'll talk about later. I took the wrong way home and I drove down the wrong, the wrong road. And I, I ended up, I said, why am I here? 
and I had my two daughters with me. I said, well, if I'm here, I'm going to make a right, because I know going right is for my dance pizzeria, his old pizzeria, which was closed down for 20 years now. And I, I'm driving, and I'm like, where's the building? It's not there. The back wall was only standing. So meaning, on that back wall, it said 4-1-1976. I spray painted that back, back in the day when I was younger than 10 years old. So my dad and God took me to that point and let me see that back wall. The next day I went back, that wall was gone. So <laughs> to think about the memories I have there and, and just growing up and watching my father, I ended up opening my own place at 21 years old. And pizza, uh, I, got, I, I opened a pizzeria at 21, I got married at 38 and had my kids in my 40s. So I did it kind of backwards. And, uh, you know, I've been making pizza for many, many, many years. Pizza's my, I love making pizza. I don't care about making money. I, I just love making pizza. Just it's a, pizza, you know, being in the food business, pizza has evolved. You know, you look back 20 years ago, pizza was just, oh, something you just throw in a box. Now you go on social media, it's kind of probably the, one of the biggest foods that you see out there, picture-wise, promoted. Uh, the craft is, you, you almost, you, people look at Pizza Man as a chef now. So I love making pizza, and it just been, I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else, and uh, just making a pizza and making people happy is, is, what I, is what I truly love. Well, we're going to talk, obviously, about um, your foundation, which is we're wrapping up Autism Awareness Month, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also uh, talk about your love of Detroit sports and your podcast, because you're also uh, busy involved with that. And the Lions just wrapped up their their draft, like the, all, all the NFL, in a, in a weird, very weird way, you know. And, oh, yeah, and we're going to the Super Bowl this year. That's right. forgot. <laughs> That's, you're a true Lions fan. I can't jump on that bandwagon. But anyway, I know people are going to hate me right now. They're going to love you, but hate me. Um, oh, they know I'm being sarcastic anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> true, a true fan knows that. Yeah, so they might they might hate me more. So, <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about the the pizza and the goulash uh, for a second. Now, if I remember correctly, you are making this pizza kind of like you're you're marinating a lot of things overnight, like pizza sauce. I know your or your spaghetti sauce. You're marinating overnight. Um, your your vegetables for your your goulash. Also, you're doing that as well. Um, tell us about your magic of your pizza and your goulash. Well, the pizza, I do true New York style. I, I think it's as authentic as you're going to get. I mean, I crush my own tomatoes. I put olive oil on my pizza. I put fresh basil on my pizza. I slice my own cheese for every pizza. I think it's as, as authentic as you're going to get when it comes to New York style. And I know Michigan, you're not known for New York style. There's only really a couple places doing it. There's the place in, uh, in Detroit. I think it's Supinos. They're doing it. Yep. I'm doing it. I don't think there's really many other people that are doing it. I, I hear it every day when you walk in and say, man, I look for New York pizza and I cannot find it in Michigan. So I, I take a lot of pride in that. So um, I, I love doing New York style pizza. And then obviously goulash is my other thing. And people ask me, you know, why did you do goulash? You're Italian. Well, it wasn't about I'm Italian or why I'm doing goulash. It's about where I'm at. Melvindale is a very small city. I mean, you can literally take two steps, you're hitting Dearborn, two steps this way, you're hitting Allen Park. But it's a surround. I ended up there because years ago I had a pizzeria where I, it was three to the one in the morning. You deliver and you, you pass out flyers every week. I didn't like that life anymore. I wanted more intimate. I wanted to see the people come in and shake their hand and talk to them. And God, who knows when we're going to shake their hands anymore. But um, I um, goulash came about because the area I'm in, you got Ford Motor Company, 
there. You have, and I get a lot more of the white collar workers than I do the blue collars because they don't get out as much like they used to. But you have Roush, you have Bell Tire, you have DTE, Marathon. It's the area. So ironically, my place, yeah, there's 4,000 people in the city of Melvindale, but everyone comes from around the state, even Ohio and Indiana, they work in that area and they end up going back home. So I'm kind of spread all over, all over the state of Michigan. And goulash is a popular dish. They remember it. Freddie, I had goulash when I was a kid. My grandma made it. They just do everything in the pot. So I'm doing traditional. Uh, I know the, the, the Polish place by me, by me does a goulash, but it's more like beef stew. I do the elbow macaroni, which you had, onion, green pepper, tomato, ground beef. But what makes it unique for me is the spaghetti sauce I add to it that my father taught me for years. So I guess you can call it Italian goulash with a Hungarian twist. <laughs> uh, so, but people, people absolutely love it. And I, they come from all over the state to get it. So I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I, I take a lot of pride in that. You should. It's fantastic. Again, if you're just uh, joining us, we're talking to Freddie Bello. Freddie the Pizza Man, he's uh, pretty well known on social media. You'll find him if you are on the Facebook or Twitter or, or even TikTok. I saw you're on TikTok. Are you crazy? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, even, I don't even know how I got in there. I, I just think I didn't want anybody taking my name, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> and not everybody loves me. I, I did post something about the Lions uh, about a month ago, and they told me to stick the pizza, you idiot. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's talk a, a little before we get to to uh, to Lions. Uh, what are your hours right now, and how has the pandemic uh, affected your business? Uh, like, I like I'm sure like every place, it's just been devastated, and I'm so sorry and to hear this. But how are you guys? How is your family surviving? You know, we're we're, we're doing well, right? You know, first of all, you know, my family, my wife, my kids, we're healthy. Uh, we don't go anywhere. I mean, to me, you know, my wife works in the hospital, and. She either goes there, comes home, and I go to, to the pizzeria. I'm open very temporary right now, hours, because as you know, m the majority of my business was sit down. It wasn't carry out because I used to close at five o'clock, <clears throat> and people always ask, "Why are you close at five o'clock?" Well, it's because of where I'm at. It's for they're all working there at lunch, and five o'clock they're going home, so there's no reason for me to stay. So <clears throat> now I'm kind of on a very limited basis. I'm doing carry outs, so I, I will get a little bit, maybe four or five o'clock three o'clock, four o'clock, I get a little bit. So I'm doing okay. You know, I'm fortunate, you know, I own my building, you know, I have no payment there, no rent, no mortgage. But like you said, so many other people in this business right now, they're, they're, they're in some, they're in bad shape. And you hear the stories and are they getting that grant money? I didn't apply for a grant or anything like that. I just figure I didn't need it. I'm not looking to get rich. I just want everybody else that really needs it to get out there and try to get their hands on it. But John, there's, this is, this is going to be devastating for the restaurant business because it's already hard enough to make it when you're busy. Imagine not having business for a couple months, you know? Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine it. And every time I always go like, oh, I got, I got to break out of this place. I, I need to go visit some restaurants. And I'm like, well, you know what? They're not open. You know, they're doing carry out and they're, they're, they're surviving right now. That's a great, you know, that's great. You know, and, and I've noticed that too. People are trying to help. People are trying to come get carry out, but getting carry out every day or every other day, it's expensive. I mean, even me, I was closed for about three weeks. We had to go get carry out. And I looked, I looked at my wife and I said, oh my Lord, $30, $40 a pop. I'm like, no, this is not happening. We're going to cook spaghetti for a few days. I mean, it's just, and it's, it's, they want to help. And I've had, I had customers come in. They would give you a hundred dollars. Please pay it forward to the next five customers that come in. Wow. And, Eventually, 
that, that money is going to run out. And they, I think now you're starting to see the, 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 the slowdown for these restaurants. And, you know, again, when, when we do get back to sitting, when we can sit down in the restaurants, we don't know how long it's going to, till people start coming in and want to sit there with four other people in the next booth or, you know, so we, we don't know that. So this could, this could be, this could go on for, for a long time. Speak, speaking of that and, and being in your place, like you said, small, intimate, uh, you know, 20 people, a few, four or five tables. Um, you though, you are part of that atmosphere. When you walk in, it's, Hey Freddie, you know, you you might come out and you're talking to customers running back in the kitchen to, to, to work, work on an order. Um, for you coming back online and opening up that restaurant has got to be difficult because now those interactions have to be limited, right? They have to be limited. Uh, no handshakes, talk over the wall. And, and, you, and, and interesting, you say that I, I, I cook alone. I, I, I prep my own food. I cook my own. That's just the way I want it. I mean, I've had, I've had restaurants where I had 20 employees. It just, I got to a point in life where I wanted intimate. I wanted to see my people. And I decided because my place is small, I shorten my hours. I'm going to cook alone. I'm going to prep alone. I have my waitress and my busser, but um, now it's just more like high over the wall, not walking to the front. Uh, but eventually, eventually that will come back. But yeah, that I I I, I do miss that. Well, I I do miss them. I, I miss putting my line of pizzas up on top of the on top of the the the, the counter there, and people coming in and and saying, Freddie, how do you watch these lions? How do you watch these tigers? What, what are we doing here? And uh, I laugh, and uh, I, I want to get back to that. I, I really do. We, we, we all do. Yeah. Hey, um, tell us about your, your family. I know you said you, uh, you and your wife had uh, children a little later in life, yeah. and um, you're also very involved with, uh, with the Autism Foundation and your own foundation. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I started Freddie the, uh, the Pizza Man Foundation uh, in 2016. Um, kind of ironic 2015 was, uh, you know, a tough year. I, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've taken a breath since I, my, my, my father, my, my I had my daughter, my first daughter. And then my son was uh, two years old. My father died of lung cancer. My son was two years old. We had our third child and my son was diagnosed with autism all in maybe a five month span. And just sitting in sitting in the schools that we're going to put my son in early learning because he was only two and a half and that's the key early learning early learning for autism is, is very key to help these kids come along um i started learning about sensory rooms and of course you know me i i know nothing about autism you hear the word if it doesn't affect you like anything in life if it doesn't affect you most of the time you just ignore it and you put it off well, I started learning a little bit about sensory rooms and I told my wife, I said, I want to help. And I started the golf outing. And next thing you know, golf outing events and this and that, it just went, it just blew up. And I put my heart and soul in everything that I do. It doesn't matter what I do, but I put my heart and soul into it. And today, April of 2020, we've donated $31,000 in equipment to 17 schools in the state of Michigan. And when I say we donated, we didn't write them a check. We went to these schools. We met with them personally. We met the teachers and the staff, and they gave us a list of equipment they wanted, and we bought it for them, and we delivered it to them personally. No, 
no giving a check and there's red tape and somebody might want to buy pencils for a second grade class or something. It's specifically to equip sensory rooms in the state of Michigan to these children with special needs and uh, autism. You were supposed to have a big outing this month, weren't you? Yeah, you know, the, the golf outing, August 1st, is going to be our fifth annual, which does well every year, sells out. So I thought it's time for another event. Yesterday, ironically, I was going to have walk and bowl for autism, first annual in Canton. The Canton police were going to walk with us and ride the bikes, and we are going to bowl. We had, we had, you know, the first year, we had a lot of buzz the first year, and um, we just couldn't do it. We didn't feel right doing it. So we're hoping next year, same time, we're going to do it again next year. We're hoping to have a thousand walkers walk down Ford Road in Canton and just uh, spread autism awareness. Well, please, uh, please let us know. We'll, we'll yes. check for updates on the social channels, but uh, we'd love to Absolutely. be there and, and help you in your cause because you're right. Um, unless it affects you, you really don't know. But once you learn more about it and see how many people are affected, you want to help out in any way you can. Um, and, 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 it's, and, and, and what we're going through in life right now, obviously, is, is, is the biggest picture with everyone not working, staying home, and people dying from COVID and all that. But you know what's been affected is foundations, donations. It's been affected. So if, if for me and many foundations out there, I can speak for many of them because I hear it, I see it on social media. If we're not getting donations, we're not going to be able to help. And, and, and for me now, I'm so invested into this foundation, I mean, even more than I am pizza. Uh, I'm afraid that it may take a year or two before I can even work on another school. And um, I'm, uh, that, that to me, I'm really concerned about that. But what can, what can I do? What can we do? When we're when we're dealing with people dying and and uh, not working, I, I understand. I really do. So, please, I, I'm hoping for normal again. I just really am. Um, yeah, I think we I think we definitely all are. Yeah. Hey, uh, on a on a lighter note, although I don't know if it's lighter or not. Um, these Detroit Lions just wrapped <laughs> up their draft. Uh, uh, I was reading a couple articles over the weekend. You know, on MLive.com, our reporters and uh, looking for analysis. I didn't see the Lions either big winners or bigger losers. What, what real quick. Uh, I know that you do your Friday, the pizza man podcast, you talk sports, but you're talking as a, a fan, not as an insider. Right? That's what I love about your yeah. podcast. You're looking at it as, as like, Hey, I want to root for these guys. And I, yeah. but I don't understand this or that. You were pretty active on the social media uh, during the draft. Uh, all right. What's your takeaway for the lions draft? Well, it's, I like that you said that. I think it's, I think it's okay to be a fan and, and rip them a little bit. I, I really do. And fans have a problem with, well, you can't rip the team. Listen, you can't disrespect a player or a team by going on social media and calling them every name in the book and, and their family. You can't do that. But you can say, hey, they played crappy today and but because you want them to win. And we're old enough to know the Lions haven't won anything. So to give them a grade, I don't know how you felt with the, the first draft pick, and, I don't, and I've, I've, been re, I've been consistent with this. I don't want to – Put down the player that we take took at uh, pick three, Akuda. He's going to be a really good player in this league. Hopefully, he stays here with the Lions because you know, normally when they're good, they leave. But I want the quarterback, and this is nothing against Matthew Stafford. Love Matthew Stafford, but it's time that you root for the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. And Tua would have came here, in my opinion, would have changed the fortunes of this franchise. Not just winning on the field because we do got to win a division. Finally, we have to we got to win a playoff game. But I think what he would have done with selling jerseys around the league, going on CBS, NBC, all these stations, and they were talking about the Lions, talking about Tua and what he's doing, I think that would have been a mass appeal for the Detroit Lions. 
now they're in the same boat they always are. They, they said we're better than 9-7, but you know what they did, John? They're rebuilding, and they didn't tell us they're rebuilding. They, yeah. they flipped the script on us, and they're rebuilding. Just We're not dumb fans. We're not dumb. Tell us what you're doing, and we'll accept it. I don't accept it when when someone lies to me. I just that's just who I am. Yeah, I love your insight. This is great. I could talk. We could talk to, uh, sports real quick. Where did you where, where did you get your passion for Detroit sports? I know you're you you were born and, and raised in the in the Dearborn area, um, but is this, you're a Detroiter? Is that it? You know, I think I think where I got my passion is again. We're old enough. I'm 50 years old. When we wake up on the weekends at seven o'clock in the morning. There was a park across the street from my house. We go in the park, and in the summer, we played football all year long. And then when we were done with football, we played baseball. And when we were done with baseball, we played basketball. And in the wintertime, they would pour water in this big hole in our park. We would play hockey with our feet, not, our, not ice skates. <laughs> I think that's where I got my passion. And I think, for me, the biggest passion is when we watch sports as kids, it wasn't all 162 games on TV. It was maybe 50 games, and you appreciated it more. So I couldn't wait to see George and Al on TV because you only got them once, twice a week. Now you get these guys every day, and eh, you know what? It, it, you see them every day. What's, what's the point of watching them tomorrow? And I know for me, when I take baseball, if your baseball team stinks, I don't follow the rest of baseball. I just don't. And uh, I think that's where kind of the passion has, I think for a lot of, for a lot of people has gone away with sports because we appreciated it more as we were kids. And I, and I just think that was my outlet. It was going with my dad and then going to the park and then watching it on TV. So I think that's the only way I can answer that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Never really thought of it that way, but you're absolutely correct. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's tell people again how to get more information, how to find you, where you're physically located at, and your hours for takeout right now. Uh, I'm at 17900 Allen Road, uh, which is Melvindale, which is right in the middle of Allen Park in Dearborn. I'm doing limited hours right now with carryout. Uh, I'm really only doing about three days a week. Um, I, best thing I, I would suggest is just call me and uh, take it from there. Um, but I, I, I do ask people, if you can go to the website, uh, freddythepizzaman.com, that's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Uh, if autism has, has touched your heart, has affected your family, or somebody that you know and you want to help, uh, either come to the golf outing or donate, uh, we're, uh, I would, we would appreciate that because to me, what, I'm, what we're doing for the schools is so important. Um, these teachers and these kids are, are benefiting so much from it. I see it when I meet them, they cry. And uh, to me, uh, doing that, as much as I love making pizza, I, 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 can, I, I, can, I can equip sensory rooms all day long if, if, the, if the donations are coming in. So I, I, I urge people to do that if they can. Freddie, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to visiting you someday and yep. having your goulash, your pizza, and uh, even some pizza fries and uh, talking Detroit sports. Take care, my friend. Good luck to you. And uh, we'll see you down the road. You too. Hi, Amy. See you later, okay? <laughs> All right. Take Thanks, care. John.